Wait a second, is that Kenny Powers walking around my show? Quite possibly. How are you doing, man? Who am I speaking to here? Ashley Schaefer, Ashley Schaefer BMW. Damn, okay. fine to meet you. I take it you own this place. I sure do. That's why my name's on the goddamn building. I thought Ashley Schaefer was going to be a woman. <laughs> I love women. I take that as a compliment. Take it as you will. I will. You take should. It. I am. I'm taking it. <laughs> it's a pretty nice showroom you got. Well, thank you. We've, we have a lot of pride here. We've done a lot of work lately, complete renovations. We've got beautiful cars, beautiful surroundings, Yeah. beautiful women. Oh, yeah, they are pretty hot, huh? They're my closers. And they help people who are slightly hesitant to buy cars. So you happen to be a man? Yeah. Ashley over there will suck your dick. <laughs> I like how you work. If you happen to be a woman, Scott will finger you with his penis. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of fun and games we have around here. Oh, you, you get <laughs> Ashley Schaefer BMW. Uh, <laughs> what's up, y'all, man? Real nonsense. Oh. <sighs> Just tapping in with you, man. Uh, just, just uh, let me get the music going here. Just tapping in with you. Uh, nothing new, nothing groundbreaking. Uh, just the same old uh, sports reporting. Uh, and sports takes you tuning in here to here. It's what you're here for. It's what I'm going to give you. Uh, I was working today while I work. Like to watch other sports programs, other listen to other sports podcasts, sports news, um, all that good stuff, and um, just had to come down here and uh, hop on the mic. Not not necessarily for some rapid fire, but um, you know, just just some some quick takes from stacks. Uh, we can call this segment, I guess. Just some quick stuff. Ah, that's terrible. It's not accurate, I guess, because it's not quick. I got some stuff to dive into. Stuff to talk about here today. I'll give you an overview. I'm going to talk a little 49ers. I'm going to talk about some stuff going on in Green Bay. I'm going to talk about some stuff going on down in Cleveland. Uh, then I'm going to talk on Matt Stafford and his uh, newfound fame and Hall of Fame debate. going to weigh in on that. And um, got a funny take on LeBron Down there in LA uh, That guy's having a time, ain't he? Uh, so I'm gonna go right in, man uh, Reports come through 49ers are talking about Potentially keeping Jimmy Garoppolo Don't know if they're gonna let him go yet or not Don't know what they're gonna do I'm just gonna come out and say it it's a great move. It's a great move. If I'm the 49ers, I'm not letting Jimmy Floppolo leave just yet. And uh, I'm going to tell you exactly why. They believe, they the concerns over Trey Lance, they say Trey Lance ain't ready yet. You know, they don't know if he's ready to start and be their guy. And it is some pressure because they have a win. They have a roster built to win now. You got Debo Samuel's emergence. Um, George Kittle's been that guy for, you know, seasons. Uh, he was one of my sleepers I picked up. Fantasy, every year in fantasy, I uh, always there's always a guy, there's always guys who have breakout seasons, and that's how I remember certain guys, guys that I grabbed uh, on their way up, so to speak, like uh, Mike Evans. I picked Mike Evans up uh, before he was anybody, before when he when he when he came to Tampa Bay and 
He was just starting to make some noise. I picked him up, and I rode his wave to a fantasy championship that year. Uh, I picked Zeke up his first year. I drafted Zeke. Everybody, when he was a rookie, he was going in the first or second round. People thought it was crazy. Knew something had to be right about it. And, of course, those first three years, Zeke were immaculate. Uh, Kittle was a guy that I just, C.J. Beathard was peppering him with targets. In one one game, they were getting blown out. But C.J. Beathard was peppering this guy with targets, seeing him work. So that guy's going to be a star. This guy's going to be a star. Got a got a great defense. Uh, they're just they're just a team looking to compete right now, and uh, any type of drop off at the quarterback play is not good for them. The fact that Trey Lance couldn't beat Jimmy Garoppolo out in practice it's not good for them. But watching the herd, uh, as always, it made a great point. It's something I never really thought about. Great point about Trey Lance. Trey Lance. He's only thrown less than 400 passes in his entire football career. I'm not talking about NFL. I'm talking college. I'm talking his, his college collegiate career. His collegiate and NFL career in total, he's attempted less than 400 passes. And to give you some reference, Colin had a great diagram. Give you some reference. Kenny Pickett has 1,600 pass attempts uh, coming out of college. 16, he has more than triple the amount of pass attempts Trey Lance has. Trey Lance is also only 21 years old. Not shocked he's not ready to start. Doesn't shock me. Does not blow me away He's not ready to take the helms Of this offense Not to mention him and Jimmy Garoppolo Apparently have a great relationship He refers to Jimmy Garoppolo as one of his closest friends Says he will be For the foreseeable future I mean of course he said you know the rest of his life But that's what young guys like to do Toss out that term rest of my life Well homie you don't know got the concept of time For the rest of your life You're going to be 20 for 9 more years alone you don't know how long you're going to be friends with Jimmy Floppolo. But I hear him. I hear him. And I say it's a great move. Great move. They just bring drink, bring Floppolo back. If there's one thing Shanahan shows he can do, it's win with Jimmy Floppolo. So I say until you can get Trey Lance to a point where he can at least step in for Jimmy Floppolo, why let him go? Why let him go? Maybe they could work out a two-year contract, maybe. Something like that. Maybe even a three-year contract. Like I said, Trey Lance is 21 years old, and he's attempted less than 400 passes. Uh, This guy may need some time on the pine. This guy may need some time to stew. You know what I mean? He He may need to kick it for a little bit. And you got a coach that can win with Jimmy Garoppolo. So, um... You know, unless, of course, you know, it comes down to that good old almighty dollar. Uh, I don't see why that's a bad move, because unlike them, the 49ers are in a better situation, I feel like. Jimmy Floppolo's a team guy. People like him. Your young guy's super young, super green, you know, more than anybody expected. But should have. Considering these numbers. 
considering these numbers. Yeah. And it's, it's the funny part. It's not like these numbers. These are the same numbers that were before the season, before they moved up to draft him. So considering the numbers, the fact that he's not ready to lead an NFL team should be surprising to nobody. But it's almost like Green Bay is on the flip side of that. Jordan Love ain't ready. He been he been there for, what, three seasons. You traded up to get him. You moved up to get him in the first round. He's been there for like three seasons. And I'm still taking Trey Lance over Jordan Love. Jordan Love looks inept. He looks like the game is too fast for him. Three years behind that pine, and he comes out there, and he looks like the game is just too fast for him. Doesn't know what's going on. You know, and especially this year, when he got his chances this season, I mean, it was really the time for you to really uh, – Pull both your nuts out and let it all hang out. Because you best believe Green Bay front office would have loved that. They would have loved Jordan Love came out there uh, slinging that fucking pill. (laughs) You kidding me? And he would even had to been good just out there taking chances, putting it in the air, putting it up there for guys. Green Bay would have loved that. Because right now, uh, this this. This marriage they're in with Aaron Rodgers, uh, it's 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 a domestic episode, man. It's a domestic episode. They're in a boxing. They're they're married to each other, but they're in the they're in the middle of the uh, uh, a Mayweather s boxing match. You know what I mean? Where he just because that's the thing. They made a good point. They say the second for for all of Aaron Rodgers' douchebagness and the way he just you know just just tainted his name this year. The, the 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 star is always loved over the conglomerate in a sense where the second Green Bay uh, does or says anything that is perceived as shysty, bad business, um, under the table, backhand, any the any the moment Green Bay makes a misstep, they instantly look like they're the bad guy. They're, they're in this termless marriage with this fickle-ass woman who wants to do this. Or the, you know, they're in this problematic marriage with this fickle-ass woman whose who's command needs all this attention, causes all these discrepancies and problems. But, you know, not really delivering anywhere else. That's all she's really... It's, it's a bad bitch that's causing problems. And you're you're starting to wonder, uh, what's it really worth? What's what's having this bad bitch really uh, worth? Because that's all he's doing. That's all Rogers. Rogers is just really with the with the retirement talk and everything. He's just baiting and baiting and baiting, man. It's 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 a boxing match. He's just fainting all these moves because he wants Green Bay to make a move. He wants Green Bay to take a swipe or do something so he can weave the shot and bury him. That's why this cold, this thing is going on so long because Green Bay is not going to be baited into that punch. They're not going to be baited into throwing the first, raising raising their hand to their wife. Green Bay is not going to be baited into. That's what Aaron Rodgers is doing. He's the wife screaming, screaming at the top of his lungs, hit me, hit me. They're not going to do it. Um, and credit to Green Bay for that. It's a fucked up situation, but credit them for being smart enough to know 
You can't. You don't don't throw that punch, man. I don't care how mad you're getting or how frustrated you are. The second you throw that punch, oh, he's going to weave the shot and bury you. <laughs> he's going to duck the shot and bury you. And now he's the good guy again. Now he's Mr. Beloved. He's Mr. Money, Mr. Pass rating. He's back in the good graces. That's how he gets it back. Green Bay takes a shot at him. He weaves it, buries him, and he's loved again. That's what Aaron Rodgers is hoping for. And I don't think the Green Bay Packers are going to give it to him. And credit to that organization for not giving it to him. For not being baited into such a such a move like that. You know what I mean? Guy playing hardball with you in the media. Everything with Aaron Rodgers is so public, man. So public. He's such a diva, man. Guy is such a diva, man. But what can you do? You know what I mean? What can you do? You got to evaluate what is worth to you. Because you already know. I mean, it's not even a it's not even up in the air if if she leaves what you're going to be what you're gonna, it's not even up. You know what you're going to do. You know what you got if she leaves and it's not anything worth anything. From what we've seen. Jordan Love ain't even showed a spark, a sliver, nothing. Jordan Love ain't showed us nothing. Anytime Jordan Love's got an opportunity, he's uh, squandered it. So if I'm Packers, Packers front office, man, it's it's a, it's a shitty situation. If Jordan Love could just be better, it solves so many of their problems. Perhaps potentially all of them. <laughs> if Jordan Love could just play better. But uh, unfortunately, he's butt cheeks. He just looks like butt cheeks. I don't I don't know. Maybe if you give him a full season behind the eight ball, uh, he'd be better. But he's butt cheeks, man. He's butt cheeks. Keeping on the QB talk. That's how I should have teased the intro. All these are kids. This is some quarterback talk. Uh, keeping on the same QB talk. Let's go ahead down to Cleveland. Baker Mayfield entering his fifth year. It's been reported. Cleveland finally opening their eyes. Said they're going to be looking for quarterback talent. Some veteran quarterback talent. <laughs> it's funny. It's a sharp departure from uh, Kevin Stefanski saying that he expects Baker to come back and bounce back. Said they're looking at veteran options at quarterback. What veteran options are they looking at at quarterback? You know what I mean? What what veteran options are the Browns looking at at quarterback? And what are they going to do with them? I mean, Baker. I mean, I don't know. I know everybody said Baker Mayfield was banged. I don't feel like the jury is still out on Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is he is what he is. He's ass. If he if Baker Mayfield was the kind of guy that could chew down his ego and, and accept the backup role, I'd want him on my team as a backup. But as a franchise guy and starter, he just hasn't shown me nothing like that. You know, top guy, all the, you play with top guys and ruin their career. Beckham, a top guy, links up with you and he's in the pit. As soon as he leaves, he looks like he's, you know, looks like he never stopped. Jarvis Landry once led the league in catches. What the fuck is he doing now? Austin Hooper played himself into a big contract with the Browns. What is he doing now? You think these guys just all suddenly suck on this good roster? No. Baker Mayfield sucks. 
They're looking at veteran options at quarterback. You need to be looking at any option at quarterback. But see, the weird position Cleveland finds themselves in is that they got to bring them back. The quarterback market is so bare right now. Uh, what the Browns effectively have to do is bring trot that lemon back out on the field next year, spit shine it up, clean the wheels, and get it the fuck off their hands before the trade deadline. And, and laugh at the asshole who buys it. <laughs> That's what he is. Baker Mayfield is a lemon that you got to put a fresh coat of paint on, some new tires, and move his ass. Move his ass before that motherfucking radiator pops and it's all over. Before the transmission starts slipping because it's going to slip. We ain't seen nothing else. We know that transmission is going to slip. So if I'm Cleveland, whether you got a tag, whatever you have to do, you've got the you've got the team and the the, the organization around him to to make Baker Mayfield. You can make Baker Mayfield look all right for four or five games. I'd like to thank Baker Mayfield. You know, fully healthy. I feel like could fool a guy for four or five games, just long enough to get him off your hands uh, uh, before you pay him. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a rough situation to be in. Anybody looking for a quarterback right now, it's a rough situation to be in because they're more important than they've ever, they've always been important, but they're more important than they've ever been. And they're getting scarce. They're, they're getting, there's more turnover at the position. That's the thing. It's like point guards in the NBA. The point guard position is loaded, but it's not a lot of turnover. You know, Quarterback position is most important and loaded, but it's, it's it's high turnover, man. Guys fizzling out, guys not making it, and then the you know it's a lot going on. So you know, you say you want to bring a veteran guy in. Well, what veteran guy are you looking at? What veteran guy that's on? The, what veteran guy is on the market? You know, what I mean, I'm I'm not talking about trades. I'm talking about fresh out on the market for you to put a contract in his hand. You know, maybe Kyler Murray. I don't know. Um, his whole little saga is is, is pretty funny. Uh, you know, talking about burning yourself in a sense. Uh, he would have been fine if, and that's the funny thing, man. And it, it's it's a lesson. It's a lesson you learn. I learned it on social media, a different way. It's a social media lesson, man. Don't do stuff on social media, man. Especially when you feel some type of way. When you're in your feelings, the last place you should be is social media. I'm going to say that shit again for people that didn't hear it in the back. When you are effectively emotional or in your feelings, the last place you're supposed to be on, the last thing you should be doing is popping open social media on your phone. Doing anything on social media. It's a bad idea. Because that's what Kyler Murray effectively started all of this by deleting all of his Cardinals pictures off of Instagram. Nobody was asking questions about Kyler Murray. Well, yeah, people are always asking, but my point is he wasn't the focus point. Nobody really cared per se about Kyler as Kyler Murray received universally in Arizona. Because I mean, the numbers say he has to be the guy. You know what I mean? In a, in a league where everybody's constantly looking for the guy, if nothing else is certain, it's if nothing else, talent-wise, Kyler Murray's the guy. If nothing else, t- 
talent-wise, he's clearly the guy. So just with that, your next level, you know, you go, the next thing you should be looking to do in this situation is, you know, you bridge the gap or fix the problem. You always want to try to fix the problem with your guy before you toss him. Well, by deleting all of his shit off social media, which everybody fucking watches because no doubt he was emotional about something. People start asking questions. Questions arise. And when people have questions to ask and they're not getting any answers, they start getting more direct with those questions, more pointed. They, they go to the organization and ask about Kyler Murray. And then, and then that's when all these reports and stuff start to come out about him. And it's kind of like, man, you started this. Flim gave great on the last episode. Flim gave a great breakdown. I'm not going to harp too much on Kyler Murray. I'll refer back to the last episode of Real Nonsense for a um, great, oh, the post-Super Bowl episode of Real Nonsense for a great Kyler Murray breakdown. Um, this great breakdown about what this guy apparently said he was calling his girlfriend on halftime or something. I mean, just just the stuff you're doing and expect to be paid $40, $50 million per year. I mean, come on, man. At, at what point is the bare minimum for being a, 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 a top-paid guy acting like a top-paid guy? A top-paid guy is not calling his girlfriend at halftime. A top-paid guy doesn't have headphones on on the sideline for no better reason than I make the most motherfucking money here. I can't be detached. I can't, I can't check out. All eyes are on me all times. I'm the face of the franchise. I'm the face. And to double that down, knowing the state of the lead, knowing the importance and significance of your position, it's, it's childish. Childish. I, I forget what his response not about this nonsense. It's a childish response when you are in the driver's seat. He's effectively driving a car while on the highway, turning around to argue with people in the back seat. You are a franchise quarterback. Are there things you need to improve on? Of course. But you're a franchise guy. Why? Why 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 go back and forth? Why even cause this friction with the with the team that um for for you know, no better reason. If we're just being fully transparent, if you keep your mouth, who cares? The, the calling the girlfriend, the head for all, that's say all that is still continue. You're not a leader of men. Uh, you check out, you quit on your team. Well, that one was pretty bad. He was not going back in the game. That one was pretty fucking bad. I'm not going to lie. That was pretty bad. But if you, you remove that outlier and he just doesn't say anything, uh, he gets 40 50 million dollars no matter what because that's that's how you've got him cornered right now quarterbacks with the with the finger on the pulse especially a guy who can move a guy who can do things out there you really kind of have a gun <laughs> to these owners and these organizations somewhat because it's the most important position on the football field I care what anybody says the quarterback is the most important position on the football field you know why because he's responsible for knowing what 10 other guys are supposed to do. He's responsible. What other position can another guy not do his job and it looks like you fucked up? 
wide receiver runs the wrong route and you throw a pick. Looks like you fucked up. You call out the wrong protection. And the line slides to the wrong way and you get sat. Line didn't fuck you fucked up. You called out something at the line and then took a sack. What did you just do? There's a reason quarterbacks are paid the most. There's a reason that every good team has a quarterback. So for you to be in this position of power, acting like a big fucking baby, acting like a baby, because you don't want to self-reflect. You started a conversation, the conversation got away from you, and then you didn't want to self-reflect. Like, what? I, I don't get Kyler Murray, man. You're going to fuck around and play yourself uh, out of a great situation. That's a great team, man. You need to step up. You need to lock in and you need to be better. That's a great team you're on. And you guys just imploded for the second for the second straight year. You guys imploded down the stretch. And instead of doing some self-reflection. Because you're going to get the that's the thing. You're going to get the paycheck no matter what. The money is going to come to you. Your guy, you're playing the quarterback position with your finger on. You're, you know, you don't need to worry about that. You need to worry about winning games. And instead, you're deleting stuff off your social media. And and, and and having these back and forth battle with a faceless entity. You know, you have a face. The Cardinals are a team. And I don't know, man. I just really not a fan of what Kyler Murray is doing right now. And it's crazy because he's a guy I was bully on, man. I was bully on Kyler Murray. Still am. I'm not going to say I'm not. Still am. He's a young guy. Uh, he's got to learn some things. But it's not... Not a great look. Um, uh, here's one for the Commanders. This is a spec. This is just some some stack speculation. But man, uh, how do y'all feel? Oh man, I, I already know, man. I probably should have did this one in studio because I know Flynn would have a. I know Flynn would have a great going have a great take on this. But man, what about Carson in DC, man? Reports are that Indy's done with him. Indy's looking to release or trade him. I'm playing devil's advocate here, but let's say Carson Wentz is released. Would it really be so bad if the Washington Commanders picked him up? Is he not an upgrade from Tyler Heineke? Is Carson Wentz an upgrade from Taylor Heineke? Uh, that's something we're going to talk about in the studio. That's something we're going to debate live. You heard it here. I'm teasing it for you. Is Carson Wentz better than Taylor Heineke? And if he's released... Uh, should the Washington Commanders go after him? It's a thought for you. But uh, we'll come back and talk a little Matt Stafford and his Hall of Fame bid, and why he's not currently Hall of Famer. Uh, we'll talk a little LeBron. And going to end on a, going gonna, gonna, gonna to get out of here on the subject. Another subject that Flim covered very well. But uh, I just wanted to put my two cents on Juan Howard. Juan Howard. Golden Gloves Juan. Uh, don't go nowhere. We'll be back. Real nonsense. Sentencing, no comma, no pause, no anything. Just no fame has a price. Lose everything. DC has never seen such progress. Back in 82.
I used to be able to throw a pigskin a quarter mile. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Wonder if Stafford could throw a pigskin quarter mile. <laughs> We're back. Real nonsense, baby. When I left you. Ooh, sorry about that. When I left you. Talking a little Matt Stafford. Uh, the Rams were able to outlaw, outlast the Bengals. The last minute scoring drive to win the uh, Super Bowl. Matt Stafford in that Super Bowl threw three touchdown passes. He also threw two interceptions. Cooper Cup received uh, Super Bowl MVP honors. And the conversation began. It's Matthew Stafford, Hall of Famer. Not even going to mince words with you here. I agree completely with Richard Sherman's analysis of Matt Stafford. Just going to put that out there. I agree completely. For those of you that don't know what Richard Sherman's analysis was, uh, go check it out. I'm not here to rehash other people's opinions on subjects I'm giving my opinion on, but I agree with him. Uh, think everybody got a little. The story was too good, and that's really what, that's really where the talk came from. The story was just too good, man, and that's why it's the debate. And that's the funny thing. If you look at you look at Stafford's numbers, you look at Stafford's career, and you look at Stafford's numbers, uh, he doesn't have a Hall of Fame career. You know, not not yet. If it wrapped up today, if it wrapped up today, he's you know, let's just say, if it wrapped up before this season, you wouldn't even be entertaining this conversation. So why are you? Because of the excitement. Rams sell the farm to Detroit to get a guy that they believe is going to help them win. Now they're in win now mode. They've been spending a lot of money. They've been acquiring a lot of pieces. And they sell the farm uh, to acquire Matthew Stafford because they believe he's the piece that it was missing. Take him to the Super Bowl. Just so happens they were exactly right. Just so happens. First year on a competent team, competent organization with a medley of weapons, not just one, a medley and a great coach. He goes to the Super Bowl and he gets a W. Here's the thing, nobody, you know that, and that's where the Hall of Fame talk started. I feel like because it's such a feel-good story. You get rescued from Detroit. OBJ gets rescued from Cleveland. Von Miller is rescued from Denver. You know, it's 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 a feel-good. You feel good. It's a feel-good story. And it culminated with a lot of guys who deserve to get rings. Stafford, Beckham, Donald, McVay, Cup. Guys that deserve to get rings, getting rings. So you feel good. And with that feel, with, with that great feeling, you get carried away with things like, man, Matthew Stafford's a Hall of Famer. But Matthew Stafford. Um, Matthew Stafford led the league in interceptions this year. Or he may have tied, but led the league and pick Ruskies. Now, I'll, now let's be fair. As I, as I say that out my mouth, um, let's be fair about the interception conversation. You got to take. He he also had forty plus touchdowns, so you know you gotta 
you got to put the ball up there. As, a, as I wanted to knock him for leading the league in picks, also he also threw 40-something touchdowns. And you got to put the ball up there. Uh, that's one of the big knocks on Rodgers. And when you really dissect his game and look at it, they say in a lot of big moments, Rodgers plays it safe because that QBR is so important to him. They say he he's super conscious of his QBR. He watches it like a hawk because uh, it's the only thing he's got on Manning and Brady. Doesn't got the rings. Uh, doesn't got the wins. Doesn't even got the MVPs. Peyton got the MVPs. Brady got the wins and the rings. Yeah, <laughs> Brady got the rings. Peyton got the MVPs. What does Rodgers have? Well, he's got a QBR. <laughs> he's got a QBR. So I'm not going to knock Stafford. As, as I was about to knock him on this broadcast for leading the league in picks, I decided I changed my mind on that stance. But he's still not a Hall of Famer. Uh, there's only two guys in the Hall of Fame to make the Hall of Fame without pro all pro selections. Those guys are Roger Staubach and Troy Aikman. <laughs> There's only two guys. There's only two guys in the hall that have never been selected to a, uh, a all pro team. Matthew Stafford, all, for all his time and all this time in the NFL, was it 12, 13 seasons, something like that? For all his time in the NFL, he's not top 10 in passing. Don't think he's top 10 in touchdowns. And he has zero. Zero first or second team all pro selections. Zero. That means at any particular point in time throughout his career, you can never identify when he was a top guy. That's what all that's what all pro means. You're a top guy. All pro first and second team. All pro first team means you were the best. All pro second team means you were the runner up. If you don't make neither one of those teams, you weren't one of the top guys. Matt Stafford has never been a top guy. Uh, this season, Super Bowl winning Matt Stafford is not a top guy. Super Bowl performance, not a top guy. Matt Stafford is exactly who Richard Sherman said. He was a guy that can make a couple of throws that will wow you. But he doesn't have a Hall of Fame resume. Now, I'll be fair. And look at the other side of that coin. All of his years in Detroit are what cost him that Hall of Fame resume. If Stafford had been smarter and got out of Detroit, uh, he could have potentially had a Hall of Fame resume. And that's, uh, I mean, that's the great conundrum of life, I feel like. Everybody always, it's easy to say that. It's easy to say, it's easy to tell a guy he should have stayed, and it's easy to tell a guy he should have left. But at the end of the day, it represents a, a, a human crossroads that every single human being comes to at various points in their lives. And it's, it's hard because you don't really know what was the right answer until after you make it. And that crossroads is... Do I try harder or do I do something else? Try harder or why bother? Which one? 
Do I pound the pavement even harder? Or do I accept that L and change over and do something different? And you never know which one of those is the right decision until you make it and you look backwards. It's a hindsight. You never you can you can always guess, but if you have if you reach a point in your life, whether it be anything you're doing financially, career wise, relationship, doesn't matter. Whatever you're doing, when you reach a point where you have to seriously ask yourself, should I give up and do something else or try something else? Or should I double that keep doubling down and trying harder? And you don't know what the right answer is. Um until you decide to do one of them. I'm pretty sure Matt Stafford, after the confetti, after the confetti angels, the shots, the parade, the love, pretty sure Matt Stafford, when he got back to his house, sat down in his fucking recliner in his theater, had some some solo thinking time. Pretty sure. At some point he said to himself. I should have left Detroit a long time ago. <laughs> and I'm being facetious, honestly, because he may have said that his first week at the Rams. You never know. But he's, you know, he had to, he has to be, he has to be looking at his career like, man, if I had just had the wherewithal to make to ask out, to want to trade, to ask for this to happen maybe five or six years ago, where would I be right now? Where would I be right now if I went to an offensive-minded guy? I went to a team that's well put together with an offensive-minded guy behind the helm. What could my career have been? The answer is it would have been Hall of Fame. But all is not lost. Um, hell, if Stafford can can get a contract, hammer out a contract with the Rams, play three or four more seasons. Uh, if he can, if he can play three or four more seasons and either a win another bowl win another conference championship uh, or make an all-pro team, I think he can get the nod. Because three or four more seasons, he'll play his way into top 10 yards. He'll play his way into top 10 passing. If he can get himself a Pro Bowl, uh, not a Pro Bowl selection, an all-pro selection. And, you know, one of the, and that's the thing, I feel like one of the three. If he plays three or four more years, gets, gets himself into those top 10s, he, he either needs another bowl, another conference championship, or uh, an all-pro selection. And I think he can squeak into the Hall of Fame because, I mean, let's be honest, we've had this debate here, you know, before the show was real nonsense. We debated whether or not Eli Manning was a Hall of Famer. And me, Flem, Scoob, all unequivocally agree that Eli Manning should not be a Hall of Famer. He does not have Hall of Fame numbers, but because of his name and the fact that he won two Super Bowls in five years, it's going to go to the Hall more than likely. More than likely going to go to the Hall. And if Eli Manning can go to the Hall of Fame, um, Stafford now with the Super Bowl, I feel like if he gives it a couple more, couple more seasons, he should see a safe. He should be a safe bet uh, to slide into Canton. Moving forward, let's talk a little basketball real quick, and we're gonna get out of here, man. Uh, just a quick thought, just some quick two two quick thoughts. Not even talking basketball per se, just two quick thoughts. Um, number one, LeBron in, in L.A. 
It's funny as hell to me. It is funny as hell to me what's going on in L.A. with LeBron's frustrations and how the team is crumbling apart. And LeBron's mad. LeBron's frustrated. But he also, uh, L.A. has been treating him very well. Can't imagine he wants to go anywhere else but L.A. And LeBron finds himself in a unique situation because for the first time in his career, he is now married to a bitch that's just as bad as he is. Just as bad as he is. You in L.A., baby. This is Laker town, baby. Somebody going to want to play here. <laughs> you can walk. We can, Hell, we could trade you. Lakers can trade LeBron James. Still going to be new talent comes in the building. They'll still probably get another star. And there's still going to be asses in them seats. Said LeBron had some discrepancies with the front office and they're not happy about the trades and trade deadline and how they played it. And it seems that Lakers response, I mean, whatever, man. We're not Cleveland. We're not that bitch down there in Ohio that would do any goddamn thing to stop you from leaving. That would do any goddamn thing to make you happy. It's not us, man. It's not us. You can tell us how you feel. You know, you've earned your merit in this league. You can tell us how you feel. You can give us your input. Uh, on this GM stuff, but I don't mean we're going to listen to you. <laughs> okay, you want a Westbrook, you want a Westbrook gone, but didn't want to have to come out and say it. Ah, well, mm, nah, we didn't want to do that. Nah, we don't want to blow it up. We don't, uh, even though they definitely uh, unequivocally should blow it up, uh, I say we don't want to. Uh, we'll do it if we feel like it. it's not going to be if the Lakers get blown up. It's not going to be because it's what LeBron James wanted. He is finally in a marriage to a bitch that's just as bad as he is, just as sassy as he is. And uh, he can't take it. Doesn't know what to do. He's he's used to dictating. He's used to being the lead in the relationship. He was the lead when he was in Cleveland. He went to the Heat. And he was the lead, even though the Heat was already another the the uh, what what the, the 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 top the number two shooting guard, number three shooting guard of all time. He saw me slip there. Almost, yeah, saw me slip. Jordan, Kobe, Wade, number three guy of all time, Wade. That was his team, and you showed up, and it was yours from the jump. You know why? Because LeBron's used to being the baddest bitch. He's used to getting his way. It's used to being the hottest thing in there. And no matter what, one thing that's for certain, it's going to be made sure that I'm taken care of, that I'm happy. Now he's in a new relationship and he doesn't feel taken care of. He doesn't feel happy. And their response is kind of like, <laughs> neither am I. So, uh, <laughs> Braun don't know what to do with that. <laughs> when Braun says he's unhappy <laughs> and the organization he's married to says, eh, well, we ain't either. So, <laughs> Braun don't know what to do. It's a weird situation for Braun. And I think it's funny watching him navigating. Uh, thought we're going to get out. I'm going to get out of get out of here on this thought. Uh, Juan Howard, Juan Howard, Michigan basketball. Juan fucking Howard, this guy, man, making seven figure salary to be a leader and molder of young minds because that's you know nobody ever wants to talk about that part of being a coach, especially uh, collegiate level and lower. Uh, you're a leader in a molder of young minds young impressionable guys you're paid a seven figure salary to uh, in a lot of ways show them the way you know you're not asking to be anybody's dad but you are here to exemplify 
um, what it means to be a professional, how to carry yourself, how to play this game, uh, and you know, just overall conduct. And he's, you know, taking swipes at guys, man. Getting the getting the childhood, bro- man. That thing looked like an AAU game or something, man. That shit was embarrassing. Looked like a fucking AAU game, man. Because white guy started grabbing on Howard or whatever, and he lost his. Sh- Ron Howard just lost his shit. I seen the video, man. Ron Howard was supposed to tell that guy get the fuck out of here and walk on, man. He's not even supposed to be listening to what he's saying. Juan Howard was never supposed to look down at that guy. He was never supposed to respond. He was never supposed to listen to whatever he, whatever that guy had to say. And if he really felt so bad about it, should have just rounded the team up and hit the locker room. No excuse for what Juan Howard did. You're making a seven-figure salary, and you guys are teaching. You know, this isn't the NBA. These are kids. These guys ain't even old enough to have a beer. And you were in the NBA. You have a championship ring. You mean to tell me these young minds, nobody in this all in this locker room is looking to you to show them the way of how to be a professional? How to carry yourself like you're ready for the next step? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. To me, that's the that's the real nonsense right there. You're making seven million, seven-figure salary to lead these young minds in the best you can come up with. Uh, <laughs> both of those guys, both of those guys, the best you guys can come up with is an AAU-style scrap leading million-dollar programs in young minds. This is the best product uh, you guys can put out there, especially from a guy like Juan Howard, who's a proven winner in this circuit. Proven winner. Proven winner in the college basketball circuit. Taking swipes at white guys two feet shorter than them. If I was a parent, I would have never. I, I mean, if I was a parent, I'd have some goddamn words for Juan Howard, man. <laughs> I'd have some fucking words for Juan Howard if I was a parent. Showing these kids that this is okay to do. Fuck sportsmanship. Fuck sportsmanship. When do we get away from sportsmanship, man? When did sportsmanship stop being sexy? Pulling down seven figures to lead these young minds. You can't even keep your goddamn cool. That's some real fucking nonsense right there.